Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. There's a lot of research to say that sport is great for kids, not just in terms of exercise, but also because it helps build resilience and a sense of community. Many kids start sports in preschool, but I'm curious, is there anything you need to be aware of when it comes to starting a sport that young? Scott Wilson is a sports and exercise physio and presenter of the podcast Young Athlete. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, do you think it's a good thing for kids to start sport at that age, at five? Physical activity for kids is wonderful. And at that age, we want them to develop a lifelong attachment to exercise and activity Sport's a wonderful vehicle for that. It's only one piece of the puzzle, though, as well. So certainly if you've got a a young one and you're looking at a sport for them to get involved in, as a piece of the puzzle, enormous. And would wholeheartedly endorse any parent getting their child into a sport, but it's only part of that bigger picture. Yeah around exercise and activity. Okay. So before we move on to that bigger picture and what that might look like, um, I'm curious whether there are some sports that as a sports physio, you might think, yeah, I don't know if that's great for kids. Just as an example, I'm not a sporting person or a sporting mum. And I don't know how I feel about rugby for boys that are five. Now, I I say that knowing nothing about the sport except for what I see on the news. Um, So are there some sports that are more contact and physical that parents might want to avoid? Look, a lot of sports as ages have got wonderful programs that cater for that and so your five-year-old playing rugby isn't going to be packing scrums and isn't going to be (laughs) tackled so mums that have an aversion to that and and it's a valid concern there's any risk in any sport and in some respects pick your sport pick your injury profile but at those ages I I don't see many five and six-year-olds coming into the clinic with injuries what we want are, are people to pick sports that their kids like. It's got to be fun for the kids. It doesn't matter what the sport is. And in some respects, your young one's probably going to follow a sport that you grew up with or that you loved. We want young kids to sample a wide range of sports over time and not just play one sport. Um, so that's one of the bigger things rather than on my son or daughter playing rugby and them getting injured. Well, that is a collision and impact sport. Equally, though, if you're daughters playing netball, that's a collision and impact sport as well. Um, Any sport has an inherent risk attached to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so going back to when you say that sport is just one part of the bigger picture, uh, I'm probably sharing too much about how I approach exercise, (laughs) but is that saying that we should be encouraging our children to um, participate in things like athletics, um, running, Absolutely. Up to the age of 12, we'd like kids to develop all the key motor skills and movements, run, jump, catch, kick, throw, punch, all of those. And so there's no one sport that's going to cover all those bases. So if your kid across their young years does athletics, does a martial art, does a football code, swims, all of those things are great touch points. 
And if they ever have any hope of becoming an athlete one day, and the chances are low, <laughs> we're all very proud of our kids. But, you know, the common theme around that is they've played a wide range of sports. They've sampled and all that sort of thing. But certainly just for the parent that's got a child and they want to embed that lifelong love of exercise and activity, sample a wide range of things because it's about your child and what they love, not us as parents. I've got two kids myself. So... But you're not talking about, I mean, I like the idea of sampling across time. Mm. Don't so much like the idea of them doing an activity every night of the week. No, and that's where I come back to it's a piece of the puzzle because, you know, in, in our household, our kids can do two things. My son plays AFL, he does gymnastics. The other times we get out and play and free play is the other thing that there's a lot of great research behind that where the value of free play for kids is huge. The physical activity guidelines talk about an hour a day physical activity, and that's only one metric. But within that, you want kids to develop motor skills, problem solving, socialization, and and free play is another piece of that puzzle. Or just going down with your kids and kicking it around, climbing trees, all that sort of thing as well. So I certainly um, wouldn't advocate your kids playing three sports at once, and that's all they do. Because some people will look at that and say, my child does nine hours a week of physical exercise. They don't really. The best sports, if they're really well run, 50% of the time you're there, they'll be active for. So if it's a one-hour training session, it's only half an hour they've been active. So uh, the other thing I'd leave with your listeners is that concept of, you know, sport's wonderful. Get your kids into a sport, but get them doing other things as well across the week. Mm. It's really important for their overall development. And... I mean, I guess one of the things that people do think about when their kids are involved in sport are injuries. What kinds of injuries do you see with children in that age bracket, like the younger age bracket? Typically, they're growth-related and and use or overuse-related issues. So kids at little ages don't tear muscles. They will strain the attachment. So a muscle attaches to a tendon, tendon attaches to the bone. And so that's where we'll often see that gets yanked on, if you like, gets a bit sore and irritated. Sometimes when kids have grown a lot, so that growth spurt, and we'll see, again, growth-related issues. Technically, we call that self-limiting, so they're probably going to be okay. We just need to change how much, how hard, how often. Occasionally, you get the traumatic injury, so they've just banged together and something's gone crack, but they're very robust, robust. They recover and heal really well. So a lot of the time when we arrive at an injury and the parents are really quite distressed, it's reassuring them and saying, look, the great thing about being five or six or seven is you're going to heal very, very well. Not quite the same at our age. No. Um, Okay, this is probably a question you can't answer, but because you mentioned it, I kind of want to know now. Is there such a thing as growing pains? Like when a kid comes and says, oh, my foot hurts, and you know they haven't done anything to hurt it, just aches. Could that, do, do bodies hurt when they grow? They can hurt when they grow. Growing pains is an overarching label we've got out there in a popular way. We don't actually know if it exists. You know, the growth spurt is only something we can see in retrospect. You can't see at the time. No, that would be weird. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, very rare. Like, I've got one fellow who was growing at, you know, one and a half millimetres a week at one point. That's very rare. That's amazing growth for a period. He had that for a number of times, but it's not until afterwards. And so for families that are very active, we'll often just say, look, at the same time every month, just measure your child in the doorway don't have to get the measurement we're looking for the change in measure but mums inherently are more onto it than dads Mm. Um, but you know the growing pains itself is something we'll sort of colloquially bundle up 
but you know parents know when their kids aren't right you know you'll see a change in behavior or pattern kids are pretty robust but they'll also let you know if they're not doing so well mm. um you started a podcast for parents coaches and kids why because i mean you obviously have a, a career doing um, your physio work. Why did you feel motivated to start a podcast on this topic area? I couldn't see a vehicle where parents could just access good information that they could trust was credible to help cut across some of the challenges I was seeing. So in December 2017, I had a cluster of young people with low back stress fractures which sounds really bad, but it actually settles well. The long-term outcome is excellent. But when you see a, a six or eight of those at the same time, we were coming into some common themes that weren't as obvious if you see that in amongst all the other things you see in your clinic. You know, the social isolation for the parents and the kids. A low back stress factor is a really funny injury in that it feels a lot better very quickly within a week or two, but you can't see it. There's not a knee brace on. They feel really good and they want to get going, but they can't. And so we had to figure out a way to explain it to the parents and the child. And the best way I could come up with was pouring concrete on a driveway. And I said, look, you pour concrete on a driveway, how long till you can walk on it? Oh, a couple of days. Yeah, it's fine. You can walk on it. How long before you can drive a big truck? Oh, week, two weeks. Exactly. So if you're walking around, that's like walking on the concrete. It's no problem. But as soon as you drive the truck on there, start playing or training for your sport, it's going to start to bother you. So that was the genesis of thinking about it and looking around. And there was nowhere I could see where, for you as a parent, if your child has a swollen knee on a Sunday, do I take him to the GP? Do I go sit at the hospital for six hours in emergency? Um, you know, some of those. So that's what motivated me to, to be of service, if you like, and go, look, if we can develop a resource where parents can go and find a topic, get some information, help them start a good conversation, find a good practitioner the help they need, you know, there's not a parent out there that doesn't want the very best for their kids. And so that's where it sort of came from the drive. And so we're five episodes in. We've had some great guests, some, some great feedback. So we're really excited about what we're doing there. I need to know, if there, is there a reason why they were getting lower back fractures? Oh, it was a wide range of reasons. Basically, low back stress fractures happen for a couple of reasons. Either it's a training error, so the technically, or it's an overload issue. Right. One or the other. So um, so very generally, that's what it happened. Just as it happened, I had a cluster of them. You know, you, you can't predict when that happens, you know, and yeah. I didn't see one. Once those guys all wandered off, I didn't see another one of those for several months. So, yeah, yeah just how it all came together. Well, Scott, it's fascinating. I have to get my kids into more sport and then I'll start listening. Because <laughs> at the moment, it's not going to be relevant. Um, but I can see how it will help a lot of parents having that. So thanks for coming in and talking to us. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. That's Scott Wilson. He's a sports and exercise physio. His podcast, Young Athlete, is available wherever you get your podcasts. But of course, we'll include links to more information in the notes of this episode. Young children can have all kinds of mysterious aches and pains. One of the kids has a headache. Next thing, do you think they've got a brain tumour? No. No, <laughs> darling husband, I do not. How about we think about the fact that they've been running around all day at school, their drink bottle is still full, they haven't had any water at all. Maybe we'll go to that one first. <laughs> That's Sarah Hunstead from CPR Kids, and she's talking about headaches, how to recognise when it's something simple, like just a lack of water, and when you need to go and see your GP. That's next on Feed, Play, Love. 
This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.